bunch of singing, bunch of praising, shouting. Woo! My word, God is so good. Thinking about the joy of salvation, that's what the Lord had brought me to this morning. I want us to go to Hebrews, if we can, to get started out. I would like for us to read something in the book of Hebrews. I'm going to find where we're going to be, Hebrews chapter 2. I just want to read these verses. I don't know if I'm going to preach them or not. A lot of times if you hear me read a verse, say, was it on that last Sunday? Well, I might not have preached it. And then I may not have got it preached at all and need to be preached. Maybe time again, but God is, God's good. So blessed. And I'm so thankful. And I'm so grateful to have had salvation to come my way. I know in Zacchaeus, a little fellow that in Luke 19, 9, somewhere there, I believe, I'm right. It, but, but it said today, salvation. He said, Zacchaeus, today, salvation came to your house. Man, can you remember the day when salvation, you heard about people being saved. You heard about maybe people being filled with the Holy Ghost. You maybe heard about people being born again. You heard about people joining the church. You heard about people working in the church. People that you knew that said, no, they're in church now. They're serving God now. They're loving God now. Hopefully that was because salvation had came to the house. The little man named Zacchaeus, he had climbed a tree. And, and how this verse is going to say is how it's just a, how we're going to escape if we neglect so great a salvation. But he had climbed a tree. He had, he had heard about so much about this man, Jesus, that it got his curiosity to such a place that he climbed a tree. And Jesus come along, and, and he was a tax collector, and he was taking money from people that, that wasn't doing him, really. He was done it so awful like we had done. And Jesus told him, said, come down, Zacchaeus, for today I, I'm going to your house. So many of the people, the Pharisees and the Pharisees, uh, Sadducees, they, they ridiculed and talked about our Lord and Savior Jesus for going to a sinner's house. I don't know about you, but I'm glad for the day that the Lord came to one more sinner's house, one more person that was lost and undone, one more person that wasn't worthy of being saved, one more person that was ignorant in and of self that could go to church and rest their life and wind up in a devil's hell. But I come to tell you that on a Tuesday night, I'm glad that he come to my house. Are you glad he come to your house? What would you do? How would you get away from all that it is, let me try to read before I go on without reading anything. Hebrews chapter 2. Therefore, it's for a reason. Therefore today, therefore today, brother Al, you just, I, I, I can't get it off my mind how the Spirit broke you. How we take it for granted. I'm telling you that I, if it was a lockdown again or whatever they're going to call it, I'm sure they're going to try something. I'm here to tell you I want to be locked down with the church. I want my church family around me. I want some prayers around me. You men and women and children, boys and girls that come to this church, I feel safer with y'all than anybody I know of because the love of God is in this house. Man, this is for a reason. Therefore, 
because of what you go through, because of what you see, because of what you get to acknowledge in everyday life. All things can get taken this early. Early this morning, I, I over in Thessalonians, Brother Michael, I, I was just tempted to preach about, reckon this is just a foretaste, just a little bit of where God is trying to let you know some things. Listen, how easy things can be taken. If my people, as we started preaching, when this whole thing began, everybody, I mean, you, I, man, I got stories I can tell you. I can tell you how people went to Walmart and they tried to buy so much stuff. I, I know I needed some paper towels from a barn the other day and, and I went in there, I was getting four rolls of paper towels. I wasn't thinking anybody, it wasn't toilet paper, paper towels and I know the toilet paper that's got, to, oh, I can tell you funny on that too, but it's not legal. But anyway, uh, but anyway, I, they said you can't buy but one roll. And so, but anyway, people have pulled all kinds of shenanigans to be able to get the things that they wanted. They have other people to go buy for them. I mean, not just one, many people. If you did that and you think I'm telling you, I probably don't know about you, but it would many people, they would line them up to go buy hand sanitizers or something to kill germs or things like that. But I'm going to tell you something. What are you going to do when you don't go to church, when one of these days the Bible says he's going to send a strong delusion when God comes back to get his church? Listen, this coronavirus, it's going to seem so minute. I mean, all we had to do is go home and sit in our homes. I mean, was that such a hard, strangest thing to do? We wasn't none of, I ain't heard of nobody living in no tent. I have never heard of nobody living in a place that didn't have no air conditioning, no, no heat, no running water, no toilet. I really ain't heard of nobody that really ran out of toilet paper. If you'll let me just cowboy just a minute, I remember if I can remind you about Brother Kenneth going to the, car one day with a bag and his wife had bought something he was delivering and it happened to be in a brown paper bag. And he said, boys, can I introduce y'all in whatever's in this bag? I said, no, but maybe we want to purchase your bag. We may need your bag. We've not got to a place. It was a scare. We would go to Walmart. We would go to the places they're out and we would get on the phone and we would talk about it and we would contemplate over it. And it's a bad situation. There's a lots of people have died. We, we can't get away from that. But let me tell you something. If salvation has not came to your house, if salvation has not come to your children's house, the Bible said, blessed are they that, that, that hunger and thirst after righteousness. You've got a family member that's not hungry for church, hungry to be around God's people. Just use some common sense in the thing. Do you really think that heaven is going to have a group of congregation of people that don't want to be with the Lord's people? You think that heaven's going to be a place where people are there, but they don't really want to worship God. They're there, but they're not really grateful for God. Just use common sense if you can't go no further. And you do your earnest best you can to win them to Jesus. You tell them, look, if you die, them hating you, don't you worry about it. But you get that message across that Jesus loves them so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would just believe in him wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. Therefore, because what we've been through, and I could go into that in Thessalonians, I could tell you about the end time and way things are going to happen. No truth, none. Nothing but a lie. Nothing but bad. You don't want to be here when that happens. The coronavirus is not compared. There's nothing you're going to be put on to compare yourself. There's nothing at all 
that's going to be total devastation. Don't be left behind. Give your life to Jesus today. Look at these words. Say, therefore, therefore, because we don't know when the Lord's coming. <laughs> we don't know it ain't going to be today. Woo. Now, some folks think, well, oh, no. No. I'm telling you just what if, Michelle. Just what if. Just what if that trumpet was to sound right now, Michelle? Just what if, look here, the Lord was to come to get all of his children. Just what if you and that baby, look here, you was head your arm around them. And just in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, look here, we would go up to glory. What if while I go when y'all around this altar, it happened right then. Barbara, we was in glory with the Lord. Oh my, what a great thing it is. The Bible said no man knows the day nor the hour when it's going to come. He's going to come when you're least expecting, when your mind's on one thing, how bad it is. And all of a sudden, he's going to come. The Bible said he will not, he will not tempt you more than you can maybe bear whatever, but in that he would leave you a way of escape. What is this? That's not the scripture I've heard people say. He will put more on you than you can bear, is what I'm trying to tell you. The scripture says, there's no temptation come to man whereby he won't leave you a way of escape and able to bear it. See, we can't bear nothing. We couldn't bear our sins. We can't bear sorrow. That's why we cry. We can't bear going through hard times, not knowing what the outcome is going to be. We can't bear anything. That's why he said, listen, what I want you to do is cast all your cares upon the Lord for he cares for you. Oh, what peace it is. Oh, what joy it is. Oh, what happy it is to put all your troubles, as that song you sung today, to be able to cast all your troubles and all your cares upon the Lord. What do you think? Boy, don't people ask you, what do you think? I think God's still God. I think God's a never-changing God. I believe he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't think nothing ever happens that God don't know about it. I don't think God, but he already knew the coronavirus was coming. He done went before us. He's a life and a lamp to a pathway into our feet. He makes a crooked face a straight. He's a great provider. He done provided everything we got. He said, my grace is sufficient. His grace is still sufficient. And God's word ain't going to change. That's what I think. That's what I know. And that's what I stand on. Therefore, Therefore, because God's so good. Therefore, because you know what little that you know, that you know God is good. You know that. You can know a whole lot of things, but not appreciate it. You can get in your truck and it just crank. Boom. Put it in reverse and back out there in the grass and throw it to it and spin around and go outside. And because the tires are slick, when you hit the highway, you may squeal just a little bit. Skeek. God is good. But therefore, be grateful for it because it ain't got to crank. You can turn the key and not crank. You cannot have that vehicle. Therefore, it says we ought to give more earnest heed. Boys, there's some things in our lives we need to give more earnest heed to. We ought to give more earnest heed to the things that we have heard. Thank God for a family that raised me in church. My word, I think about it. Well, how they was preaching, how... How I ought to just been having a good time with them. I just uh, a little boy. I, I didn't know nothing about nothing. Man, I'd lay up under a seat and go to sleep. A little bitty boy, you know, just I, I didn't care. I, I didn't know nothing about it. 
It said we ought to give more honest heed what we've heard. Those things that was true. Those things that was faithful. Those things that was honest. The Bible says, think on these things that you know to be right. But if you don't think on those things that you know to be right, that you know that God's faithful, that you know if I ask you a question in the middle of your crying, in the middle of your tears, in the middle of your hurt, in the middle of your going through, don't you know that God's faithful? We would say, yes, God is faithful. Don't you know he's all powerful? We'd say, yes, I know he's all powerful. Don't you know he's the one that walked off in the muck and the mire of your stinking sin and saved your soul and your name is written down in glory and to be absent his body and to be present from the Lord? You would say, yes, I know it's true. <laughs> the Bible said you better give earnest heed to that. You better remind yourself who you belong to. You better remind yourself that I didn't reach up there and get God. I didn't reach up there and get God. I wasn't looking for God. I might have been hurt and going through a bad thing, but you know what, God? God could have took away that, that, that bad time. He could have just let you just go right on. You just think about Job. Job, devil wanted him. He said, go ahead, do what you got to do. Put my boy to the test. Huh? How do you know to God? And he said, listen, I got some folks down there that's real. The devil's still the devil and God's still God. It's something how these schools teach these preachers coming up and want to draw a line that we're not living in that dispensation of time anymore. The only dispensation of time has changed is since Calvary when they put that cross in the ground and they put my precious Savior on it and he put them nails in his hands and feet and he hung there and he gave up the ghost and he said, it's finished. Look at that that I have, I'm giving to you. He said, I want you to put my spirit inside of you and learn of me. Take my yoke upon you. He said, my yoke is easy. My yoke is easy, that that I would put on you. It's easy, it's not hard. How we make it so hard? You, can't, you, can't you just see? Can't you understand how a lot of folks that would call themselves Christians, how they just have to knock themselves out just to go to church? What a burden. Whew, I'm so tired. Don't even start church now until 10.30. I mean, good gracious. Every other day, you done been at McDonald's before seven. I'm not going to get managed. I'm, I'm a loving kind of guy. But he said, my yoke is easy. Oh, we just going to have to write it off, I reckon. They ain't going to get the money. Got to write it off. No, Lord, carry them to court. That just threw the dog out of them. You go on and do what you need to do, but I tell you what, when that Holy Spirit says, let it go. It ain't letting it go for them. It's letting it go for you. Won't you let it go? Won't you write it off your heart? Why don't you, won't you write that grudge off your heart? Won't you write them ill feelings off your heart? Why don't you write them bad thoughts off of your heart? Why don't you write that grief off of your heart? Why don't you just cast every problem you got to the Lord? Lord, I'm just going to give it to you. Better give more earnest heed to those things you've heard. 
Those things that you started off with, those things were so precious. Those things that brought you to the Lord. How, Renee, how the preachers are preaching. Look at God wants to be with you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to be a God that don't ever leave you nor forsake you. All of a sudden, you get to be this bona fide Christian. And you walk around like you're sucking on a bunch of prunes, thinking you got the world by the hand. And what you don't know in just a moment of time, a blood can go through one of your veins. It can be something to stop it up, and all you'll do through your life is you'll look at the floor all your life, and you'll be like a zombie. This morning, I was with a man. He said, you know how, how good it is just to wake up this morning, be breathing, and enjoy God's creation. You know what a, you know what a blessing it is. You know what, though? There's a lot of people's lost. It wasn't no blessing to you. It was no blessing to you. It was almost a burden to get out of bed. It was just a burden just to go through life. That's why he said this joy and this peace that I got. He said, the world can't sell it to you. You can't get it no other way. You got to come through the Lord. In John chapter 3, you know about what Nicodemus said. He said, Jesus was talking to him. He said, I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, Nicodemus, what your problem is, you got two eyes and you're seeing the walls, but you can't see what I've got. You can't see, he said, lest the man be born again. He can't see the kingdom of heaven. Can you imagine getting up this morning and you can't see a need to give your life to Jesus? The world can have you down, beating you right in your face. I've seen times where men would beat women, beat them black and blue. They would go right back to that sorry rat again, and he would beat them black and blue. They would just keep on going back. Why? They was blind. But if you lost without Jesus, you misery all inside. You need to take more under heed of those things that you done heard. I'm talking about those elementary things. Matter of fact, the Bible said the gospel, it's the simplicity of the gospel anyway. You're ever learning, but you're not coming to the truth that we've got a God, Brother Kenneth. We can lay our life down for him. We can rest in what God has done. If you don't do that, you know what'll happen? You'll slip away. Slip away. Such a great illustration. I'm not going to go into it because I've told you so many times. It's like carrying the kids to the beach. They've never been to the beach. They just get to having a good time. They just get out there further and further. Whole time you tell them, get back. Whole time you're spending your time as an uh, adult for churches, try to tell them, get back. You ain't in a pond, man. The current is carrying out, and that's what happens. The current of life, it'll carry you away from God. It'll carry you to a place that you don't keep your mind on the Lord. Therefore, you need to give mourners heed. Oh, you, you, you don't need to learn nothing else. <laughs> it's in Christ. We live and we move and have our being. If you know that Jesus died for you, he was buried in a tomb for you, and he rose for you so you could know him and the power of the resurrection and the life that you now live is in Christ Jesus. You don't need really to know anything else. It would be better if you didn't know anything else about the Bible if you was going to forget what I just told you. It would be better if you didn't get in all the theology about things. If you get, look at, I know whom I have believed in, and I'm persuaded. I'm absolutely persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed 
unto him. Therefore, we ought to give more honest heed to the things we have heard, least at, at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression of disobedience received a just recompense of reward. If everything that was ever done wrong, we don't need to let it slip. There was a time that everything that was done wrong, you had to bring an offering. You had to bring an animal. You had to bring a sacrifice. But Jesus Christ was, was a supreme sacrifice that was gave for your sins. And boy, I love old Hebrews. It wasn't only gave for your sins. It was gave once and for all. Once and for all. He won't have to hang there again. He won't have to deal with your sins again. The Bible said your sins have been buried from the east as from the west. There won't be no more conversation about your sins anymore. Don't let them things slip. Look at verse 3. How shall we escape? How shall we escape? There's a lot of folks say, they like, we made it. We made it through the virus. We made it. Oh, man. Boy, they was prepared. They got prepared. Oh, a lot of folks like, sometimes I'm coming to your house. You, you prepared. What are you going to do when the rapture of the church is taking place? Are you prepared? Are you prepared to go through where you won't be able to buy and sell anymore? You're going to have the mark of the beast upon you. You're going to be done already gave your life over to the Antichrist. They're going to have some supreme. You will hope and pray you could die, but you won't be able to die. Then you're going to go to a place called eternity in hell. You won't be able to die there. Man dying is absolutely no problem. To we that are in Christ dying, Brother Randy, is absolutely no big deal. And dying to you is absolutely no big deal. But you dying without Christ. Dying without knowing Christ lives in your life. Brother Eddie, why are you preaching this way? Because if it was one somebody, and for you to think that they didn't each want somebody in here, ain't you glad that I preached like this the night that you got saved? Oh, How right. well we'll just let things go. And we end, and we don't think about that person that was sitting there like I was when I was 27 years old, going to church three times a week, still lost, and headed to a devil's hell. Everybody that would look, they would all tell my mother, he's such a fine Christian. I, I wasn't no more than a Christian than nothing. I, I was just as lost as anybody could be. Lost. Huh. But the Holy Spirit. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? I would ask that question to a lot of people today. Think about your family that ain't here. How are they going to escape? How are they going to get away? What are they going to do for the daughters, for the children that they've raised the same way not to be in church? What are they going to do when they're hollering out the girls or the sons or grandchildren hollering, Daddy, what are we going to do? Do we get to guns? Do we get to bullets? Do we go get that freeze-dried food out of the basement? Do we remember where we hid all the water in the woods? What about that deep hole that we dug and we bought a school bus and we loaded it through full of Charmin toilet paper? Daddy, should I go get it now? 
How are you going to escape? How are you going to get away? You're going to get away. It, all those things are going to be the last things. Food to eat, guns, all that's going to be the worst thing because you're going to know it's over. Now you're up under the total power of that master that you couldn't let go of and make Jesus Christ Lord of your life. How shall we escape if we neglect so great of salvation? How are we going to possibly get away from this thing, the greatest thing in the world? The, the Bible says in 1 Peter 4, 17 and 18, it, it talks about if, if the righteous scarcely, barely, just that much, Sister Barbara, just that much, you and I are going to go get in just that much. I remember a man telling me I was witness to him one time. And I said, man, give your life to Jesus. Man, God's dealing with you so many times. He was a cook for a friend of mine. He said, Brother Eddie, he said, if I miss heaven, I promise you, it ain't going to be but that much. Boy, what a profound statement. I said, Jimmy Joe, he's gone. He's died. I said, Jimmy Joe, what good is it going to do you? If you jump across the Grand Canyon and you swing across it, man, and your rope just come up and you just that much, what good, Jimmy Joe, is it going to do you to miss that much? No, I come to tell you, if you get in, you get in by that much. You get in by a hair, you can take over the head, and it's a thing called grace. It's because the Holy Ghost of God came and you just happened to one night, in a moment, in a moment, do faith that Jesus really died for you. Man, I can tell you a lot of people, me and Michael talk about it all the time. I preach in all kinds of churches. They may be a certain denomination. All of them do it different. Some of them come, Lord, they want to throw them out on the floor and jump on them. Some of them come and they'll come and kneel down beside them at the altar and pray with them like I was doing a while ago. Some of them come and they'll just be there all by themselves. They'll leave it alone. They just all by, I said, why don't somebody go pray with them with the prayer of the fervent effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much if you've ever prayed for them. Don't you know that hell is knocking at the door the same time God is? Why don't you go down there and do like that man was in that chariot he said, how am I going to understand unless somebody come and help me? Oh, when in reality, when in reality all the preaching you heard, it was great. The Word of God won't return void. All the times that the Holy Spirit dealt with you was great. Without the Spirit of God drawing you, you can't go to the Father. But you know what? In all that had to come at one time, one time, one time, all that had to show up at one time. The Holy Ghost of God had to show up at one time. The truth of God had to come in at one time. Then how long, Brother Eddie, did it take you to give your life to Jesus? Look, that quick, that quick. In a moment, you said, Lord, it's gone. It's over. Faith, when faith come in, that you really trust that he would save you and he saved you eternal. You didn't let them things slip that you heard maybe in the nursery or in the Sunday school class or at vacation Bible school. And it was back down to John 3, 16. In one moment, Sister Jan, one second, one blink of an eye, when you trusted Jesus, Vicky, that's when God saves you. 
It wasn't because the preachers was over and they were slinging the floor. They wasn't because they was all gathering around you. It wasn't there. It's because something come in collaboration. It all come together and it was God's love and you understood that and you reached out and you said, I accept it by faith. Just that quick. Oh, the greatest thing that I ever be, the Bible said, if the righteous, just barely, just barely, Every knee's going to bow and every tongue's going to confess to He's Lord. I mean, we're going to be said, Lord, I can't get in. He said, oh, you barely did. Oh, you just barely did. One more moment at that altar, somebody was going to come by. The demon in hell was sending somebody by to quench the Holy Spirit. The demons in hell were sending somebody by. Said, let me talk to them. I know them. I can tell you more than one time that people have called me to come talk to them about Jesus. And I put somebody in my truck I had no business putting in my truck. And when I got there, they would not shut up to let me talk to that person. And I look back on it, man, it scares me. One, if they ever going to get saved, because I really felt like that night they was going to get saved. You got to listen to the Holy Spirit, everything it tells you, Brother Kenneth. When the Holy Spirit says, tell them to get out, look here, you tell them to get out. Tell them you can't go in. Tell them you can't go in. Look here, they didn't call. They didn't call them. They called you. I, I remember a guy one day, I was going to a church, and this man come, and I knowed him well. His brother Ed, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you in private. And I said, let, well, let me get somebody, because I just didn't think I was qualified. It was years and years ago. I didn't think I was qualified. I was going to get somebody else. He said, if I wanted somebody else, I'd have got somebody else. I want you to talk to me about Jesus and how he can save me. Oh, let me tell you something. You more than qualified to lead somebody to Jesus. I love what Brother Tim Elrod said, where people said, I, I just can't do it. He said, just tell them how you got there. Just tell them what road you came on. Just tell them where you was going to this church. Just tell them where you got there. Just tell them where you got there. Then all of a sudden, one night, just go and tell them how the Lord dealt with you, how he saved you, and how God ain't no respected person. He'd do the same for you. Oh, oh! I, I just want to think about no satisfaction. No satisfaction. Wow, no satisfaction. Yesterday, working, just sweating. Went to the barn, worked, and just sweated. Somebody show up and said, boy, ain't you miserable? You just dirty in that old dusty barn? Ain't you just miserable? Look at your old stinky horse manure barn, and you're sweating. Ain't that a miserable life? No. Man, I was so happy to get that thing cleaned up and get it washed down where I could finally get on a horse and ride in about 6 o'clock last night after been working yesterday morning and worked on the barn all day. I finally sat on that horse and I thought, man, <laughs> I'm looking at my wash bay. God bless me with it and it's finally cleaned out. My porch, in my, right in front of my office, I had some little chairs sitting on there. I said, man, I said, I'm a wealthy man and didn't even know it. My stuff just hasn't got junked up. I said, ain't this just something? Turn the fan around. And I'm going to tell you something else, Don. I had a friend with me. Man, we was hot and we was about to the end. I said, you know what I think? I think we financially able if we put our money together. I think we can drive to town. I know a place over in town that's got a good drink. I said, I think we're financially able. If we'll put our money together, we can do that. And I know that's crazy. I ain't that crazy. 
Ain't that a waste of money to drive all the way from my house all the way to Brownsville? Ain't that just a sin? I can't believe you wasting all that money. You know what we did? We drove all the way to town. Sure did. Chad, we drove into that sonnet. I was going to get me a great water, well, water with great flavor in it. I said, Ricky, what do you want? He said, I, I think I just want a grape. I said, well, uh, yeah. Explain it to him. He said, man, I just want a grape slush. I pushed that button. It wasn't long that lady come on in and talk to me. I said, ma'am, I'd like to have two of them great 44, root 44 grape slush. <laughs> something got a hold of me. Let me tell you something. When you hot and you got your grape slush, you better slow down. I, I think about that Holy Ghost sister Maddie used to say, Brother Eddie, she said, right, she said, Brother Eddie, you better watch it. Bill said other day, said, I thought you were going to kill yourself preaching. Let me tell you something. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and when I think of what he's done for me, my soul wants to shout, Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Oh, I just wish you could enjoy it this morning. I told Ricky, I said, Ricky, I ain't never been one on drinking. I told him right there, Ricky took a drink of his first, look here, and he sucked on that thing. He said, oh. <laughs> I looked at him. I said, man, man. I said, you know, one time I, I worked for a guy. He gave me some whiskey, and I drunk that stuff going home. I, I tell you, don't never touch that stuff. I drank that stuff going home. I got home, went to bed. And the next morning, I didn't get up, and I didn't want to get up. I, I'm telling, I, I, I finally, you know, it done got noon time. The wrestling done come on. I still ain't got up. I know something wrong. Wrestling done come on. I ain't got up. I mean, I, I went one for being in bed, and I was just in bed. I, and I, I said, Lord, if you'll let me let go of this headache, I won't never taste no whiskey no more. You'll never see none around me no more. And everybody that I see that drinks, and I'm going to tell them that's the worst escape thing you ever going to do. I said, I don't know about that, Ricky. I said, I never enjoyed it. And them people that drank beer, I've seen cows use a restroom and that beer, when it foams up, looks just like what them cows were peeing out on the ground. I have no idea why people want to drink nasty beer. Come on to the house or we'll get you some out of one of them cows. I said, but Ricky, people that gave their life away to that drank it so much to think it's good. I guess that's the way they do when they're hot and they want a cool drink. That Ricky, he done drug on that grape slush, Michelle. Oh, I couldn't wait. Man, I went to drawing on that thing. My head was hurting. <laughs> had brain freeze. I did it on purpose. I just want to see if I had one. <laughs> Woo! Oh, that thing was good. Man, we done got home. I about done sucked all my grape out of it. Where you going, Brother Eddie? I'm going to the throne room of God. I go to where the Bible said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I already know you done tasted a grape slush. He said he got to use the carnal thing to get you in touch with the spiritual things. <laughs> I got home. They said, what we going to do? Man, I got in that chair where I done cleaned off that concrete chair. I kicked my feet up on the post. I took my straw. And I was easing that ice out. Y'all done done it where I could shake it. I said, boys, I'm going to be a while. I'm going to be a while. 
I'm going to tell you something. When I gave my life to Jesus, look at it wasn't something that I just took a drag on way back down the road. It wasn't just something I got high on back down the road. When I wake up every morning, Paul said, I bring my body under subjection. At least I've done all these things. It said, I'll slip from it. I'll forget just about the goodness of God. We need to get ourselves to a place. Look here. You don't need to base your happiness on your mama. You don't need to base your happiness on your children, your wife or your husband, or your granddaddy or grandmama. I love that song. It's at all my hope. Man, I appreciate every one of you. Appreciate everybody I've ever known, been around. But until you get yourself down to a place, and maybe you could do it today, that you done let slip, because when you got saved, the only thing that mattered was not the person that you thought was closest to you. The only thing that mattered at that time was Jesus. And then after you get Jesus, number one in your life, as they play an invitation, Caleb, you got a long way to come. But let me tell you something. You get number one fixed. On Christ a solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. You know how much God would love you to say, Luke, boy, you my rock. Luke, if I didn't have you, much as I could love you, Luke, you don't ever need to be number one to me. Jesus needs to be number one. Luke, no matter how much you love me or anybody else in your life, how precious they are to you, they don't need to have that one spot. Brother Larry Cook, that number one spot needs to go to Jesus. That's where it's at. Boy, that song said, along I serve him, sweeter he grows. As you as a church, if you don't let them things slip, you don't took it for granted, are you going to be the one that you done got out of church so long and you're back today, but it don't mean what it once done? And you say, well, it seemed like I did okay all that time I was out of church. You know why? Because mercy and grace, like a spider web, was just holding you. Oh, mercy and grace. You know what? That devil would love. There's politicians would love you to just cancel church the rest of your life. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. That president of mine, he wants us to get back in church. He wants us to do the things that we normally do, and he said, need to get back. He needs to be back. He said, don't be like that as Daniel was when he come, told him, look here, we done made a decree. We done made a decree. We ain't going to be bound down to nothing no more. Daniel, they say about Daniel, they said, he went right back to doing those things that he once done anyway. Let me tell you something. You fall in love with Jesus. You go back to those things that you started off with. Boy, I didn't hear about preach all God wanted me to preach. I want to go to Psalms. Psalms 51. You'll read that when you get home. David come, Brother Benny. He done got to a place that he done let some things slip. Don't you never think that you in your life you can't get to a place you don't let some things slip. David was chosen out to God's own heart. Every one of them Bibles that I handed them youth, I said, here it is, and you read it. You read it. It's the combination that'll let you live, and without it you'll die. With William last Sunday was here. I told him, William, the devil's got the combination of you 
You've never changed your locks. You've never had your heart locked out to Christ. And you're going to lock the devil out because the blood of Jesus that cleansed all unrighteous has been applied to your life and the devil can't get in. It's locked there. <laughs> he said, that's what I have. I ain't lost none of mine. I ain't lost none. I ain't lost none. God loves you. That word right there is powerful. We preached it the other week. It's like a two-edged sword. It'll cut to the marrow of the bone. It'll cut you. When you don't even want to love God, you start reading that Bible, you start loving Him. It'll bring you peace. When you're going through the worst time in your life, it'll bring you. Brother Sammy Baggett, I went right by that hospital you was in the other day. I never went through Little Rock. I never passed that hospital, Brother Sammy, that I didn't say, thank you, Lord. We forget His benefits. Bill, I'm not going to forget about it. Them people that you had in your life, your sisters and all, your brother-in-law. I'm not going to forget about it. I'm not going to let that slip. How God has been good. I don't know why hard times come. I don't know why we as human beings do some things as stupid as we do sometimes. And I know that's not a word we're supposed to say, but boy, I do that a lot. I don't know why. But it don't take just a minute. The Holy Spirit of God he starts, I don't know nothing about no motor bill, but son, he'll dial that timing in. Boy, I tell you, Al, you ought to see me here about three Saturdays ago. I was trying to, trying to get Houston's here cutting grass, and that old lawnmower just barely going. He's just barely going. Houston, he's like, doing the best I can. It's just a popping and carrying on. Early next morning, I said, I better go down there and Kelly's and see if he's going to have trouble right there. We got a lot we're going to get done. I'd just go on down there and hit that, and he would eat, and we'd be out of there. Chad, I didn't even have a real screwdriver. All I had was one about this long. And Chad, I know absolutely nothing about no motor. <laughs> well, I tell Johnny, oh, I had that little screwdriver, and I was working on them cables. Johnny Wayne come out there, he said, man, what are you doing? I've been seeing, I said, man, I'm working on this lawnmower. Man, I wasn't going to ever get that dock. I wasn't going to ever get that lawnmower fixed. I didn't know nothing about it. You're not going to never get your life fixed because you don't know nothing about it. I had a character to James. I said, James, what's going on? He said, oh, brother, there's something down in that motor. Boy, I can imagine if you'll let me tore that motor down. I don't know nothing about it. You know why you're in the shape you're in? Because you don't know nothing about it. I know. I know whom. Boy, can I just have a good time with you? I know whom. I have believed it. I know who I'm talking Vicky, this ain't no Jack and a Beanstalk deal. It's a real God I'm talking about that throws the stars and the moon and the sun and out there and has kept me and provided for us and just loved on me all this time. The same God. If you're hurting today, I'm hurting with you. Don't much go on around here. I don't know about it. You don't have to tell me. I know about it. I'm praying for you on my heart. And I come tell you, when God gets through, you're going to be standing amazed. If my friend, Brother Benny, he don't mind me saying, if my friend, Brother Benny, could be completely honest, he would say, Brother Eddie, I wouldn't be sitting in church today if it hadn't been for cancer. I wouldn't have went all the places that I've been if it hadn't been for cancer. 
the night that he gave his life to Jesus, he said, Brother Eddie, why would God take me? I'm finna die. <laughs> Didn't you, Brother Ben? You said, I ain't got nothing to offer. <laughs> I'm gonna die. Whoo! How long does it take God to make a difference in somebody's life? Man, I know we ain't, ain't none of us arrived. But that's a lame, but Benny calls her Shirley. And when Shirley came back, and when Shirley went in the room, and his brother-in-law and his, his sister was in there, she come out, she said, tell me something, Brother Eddie. She said, did Benny get saved when I was gone? I said, he sure did. On to Memphis we went. Oh, God can make a change. Would you stand with me? Thank you for putting up with me this morning. Don't let them things slip that you already know to be true. Connie, don't let the goodness of God slip. After he done brought, don't let it slip. Just because the world ain't fair or something, don't, don't, don't let it slip. Tinker, don't let it slip. Rebecca, don't let them things slip. You already know God's been faithful to you. Heath, don't let the things of God slip. Don't get your mind on other things where the things of God ain't really important. Wow, God's so good. Lord, if there's anybody in this room, Brother Eddie, I've been worried. I've been stressed out about it. Can't seem to have that perfect peace. Come on to the altar right here. Can't seem to get it. Oh, man, you preach like that. It makes me mad sometimes. Just be honest. It just makes me mad. There it goes again. It really just makes me mad. I, I don't know why you don't preach some sweet sermon to encourage us. I don't need to encourage someone in this room here on the way to hell. God's good. Boy, she's finna say this right here. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Listen. Come on. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And the things of this life, they'll go strangely dim in the light. Lord, we just want to say thank you. I thank you for this group of people that come, Lord. To hear someone as me, Lord, just brag on me, Jesus. Lord, I, I do not know whether I did a good job or a bad job. I don't know. But Lord, I know I've had a good time bragging on you. I've had a good time. You said, Lord, if I be high and lifted up, I draw all men to Jesus. The only real cure there is in life to life is Jesus. Lord, if it was anything done, said, good or bad, I take the credit for the bad. I give you the credit for the good. Now, Lord, be with our folks that ain't here. Don't let them things that they know to be true slip. Don't let them give way to the devil. Don't let them start listening to them things and that old man want to creep back in. We got to crucify him every day. Be with them, Lord, and bring them all back. Bring them all back. Thank you for your blessings. How you blessing people here in the church. 
Lord, they're realizing how blessed they are. That's why they're here. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for all you do for us. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. You're dismissed. God's good. Give God a hand clap. <laughs> Hallelujah.